Hi, I'm Curtis Hill, and you are listening to The Extra Point. So it is the week of February 23rd. I'm very, very grateful that you downloaded this episode of The Extra Point. And before I dive into some of the thoughts I had from this past week's message, I did want to say something I'm encouraged by, but also an encouragement to you as well. I was so encouraged this past weekend to see many people investing time into learning and growing and being equipped to follow Jesus and to help others follow Jesus. So I know that happens regularly in Sunday Bible study classes. And we have so many adults and students and kids that are invested in Sunday Bible study. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for new signups for community groups. And there are people that will be in homes around our area, gathered around God's word and prayer and really helping each other walk with the Lord. That's so encouraging. Then I look at the number of men and women that are going to studies. I'm encouraged by that. I'm starting a men's study this coming week. So I'm grateful for all of those things. I'm also grateful for Saturday morning, uh, Pastor Chris, Pastor Evan led an important discussion on the first 18, really looking at those first 18 years where kids are in our homes. And uh, there was a great turnout, a good number of people filling a room, listening to how they can understand this culture better, understand maybe their their newborn and the world they will grow up in, or also understand their high schooler. So it was a great turnout. And I'm grateful for the interest of people at Ogletown to be invested in community with each other. It's very, very encouraging to me. This past Sunday, we went we covered a whole chapter in Acts, and we had been moving at a much slower pace, but I really wanted to bring this longer chapter together because it's the healing of a lame man who he was lame from birth, and then there's the explanation of it, and it really is Peter's sermon of explanation, but it's also interpretation. This is what it means that this lame man was healed, and we'll talk about that in just a second. You're actually prepared. I, I did want to note this. You're actually prepared for this miracle in, in the setting by Acts 1 and 2. So Acts 3 just introduces you to Peter and John going up to the temple to pray, and then it tells the story of this miracle. But I was thinking about this. In Acts chapter 1, we know the people like Peter and John, they were leading the, the people of Jesus in prayer. So it's not surprising they would be going up to the temple to pray because this is what they did. They prayed all throughout the book of Acts. You're going to find God's people praying. And it's also not surprising that they would be doing signs and wonders because Acts 2.43 said many signs and wonders were done through the hands of the apostles. So all Acts 1 and 2 is setting the stage for some pretty amazing things, one of which is this great miracle. Particularly, I mentioned on Sunday, if you've heard the message, I mentioned the heart of God for people with disabilities. And I'm also grateful, not just for the heart of God, but how that manifests itself at our church. So I feel like our church is trying to, as best as we can, follow the heart of Jesus, where he is taking us, especially as it relates to people who have disabilities. So I think even of recent classes like ASL, the American Sign Language, where we're trying to encourage that, I think of a uh, a class that is called the access class for some adults that have some mental disabilities, mental challenges that we want to make sure we're ministering to them in an avenue they can understand. And then I think of our student ministry and our children's ministry, how we are working hard to make sure we can serve families with children who have sensory issues or behavioral diagnoses where we can come alongside them and recognize that the family of God is broad and we want to welcome those we want to be a church that has the welcoming heart of God. So when I see that, I'm so encouraged. But this lame man was laid at the gate 
called Beautiful. And there's something about Acts in the temple, and I've mentioned this in previous weeks on The Extra Point, but you have this grand picture of the temple. Herod had made upgrades to the temple and really expanded its footprint, the Herod in the time of Jesus. And he had made this grand temple mount, and it was just a massive, massive place. And then the passage in Acts 3 talks about Solomon's portico or Solomon's colonnade, which is just this pretty massive thing going around the exterior of the temple property there. So it is a massive picture that we have of the temple. But what's interesting to me is in Acts 3, it's as if the temple really can't help this man. So no no amount of sacrifices, no amount of priestly work is going to help this lame man. But actually what's required is the apostles, Peter and John, invoking Jesus' name. So the temple can't help this man, lame, from birth. But Jesus can. His name can. And the fact that the word name, faith in his name, through his name, through the name of Jesus, that word name keeps coming up. And I couldn't help but think of how Solomon, when he is dedicating this temple, part of his prayer is related to the name where your name resides. And so it's almost as if in the Old Testament, God's name resided in the temple. That's the way it was spoken of. But now we have something more than just the name. We have the The person of Jesus has come, and now we know that name, and it is Jesus. So I I think there's some great, great connections there with the temple. I did want to chase down some references that I made on Sunday. So particularly, I talked about how the Bible gives this big, big story, and you read a passage like Acts 3, and there's a lot of allusions and references and cross-references to previous places in the Bible. And if you're reading Acts for the first time and you know nothing about those illusions. Sometimes it's hard and you wonder, like, can I ever understand the Bible? Uh, I just made some references to them on Sunday, references to like these titles that Jesus has given, like the servant and the author of life. And where do those come from? A lot of those are deep rooted, uh, the prophet and the holy one. Uh, Where do those come from? And and I mentioned the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And where do those references come from? What do those names mean? So I, I did want to highlight some of those and just read some of those to you. So at the beginning of Peter's sermon, explanation, interpretation of the miracle of the lame man, he says, why are you looking at us like we did it? We didn't do it. It is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when you hear that, that reference, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is such an important reference in the Old Testament because Moses at the burning bush heard this from God. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. That's Exodus 3, 6. So now we have that story of the burning bush now brought into Acts chapter 3, the healing of the lame man. Then we have this reference to the servant of God. God has done this through his servant. And then we remember Isaiah 52, 13, which uh, God is giving a promised Isaiah and says, see, my servant will be successful. He will be raised and lifted up and greatly exalted. That's 700 years before Jesus came. And what Peter is doing is identifying that servant that Isaiah talked about. That is Jesus. That is the one who will be raised and lifted up and greatly exalted. Then there's another reference to Jesus being the Holy One. And there's a reference that's probably most likely from Psalm 106. 
which Psalm 106 is the story of the people of Israel and some of their ups and their downs and their rebellions and their the mercy they were shown by God. It says in the camp, they were envious of Moses and Aaron, the Lord's holy one. Now we get like Moses, maybe a picture of that prophet, that one that goes between God and man, but the greater mediator isn't Moses, it's Jesus. Uh, there's a reference to the righteous one and definitely brings up connotations of Isaiah 53, who God's servant will make people righteous. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, Isaiah 53, 11 says. So not only is he the servant, he's the righteous servant, the righteous one. And then there is that reference I see in Acts 3 to the prophet. And again, Peter's saying the prophet that was mentioned in Deuteronomy 18 that Moses talked about, that prophet is Jesus. So let me read Deuteronomy 18. This is Moses speaking. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, Moses speaking here, from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. This is what you requested from the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not continue to hear the voice of the Lord or see this great fire any longer or, or we'll die. But then the Lord said to me, they have spoken well. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. For the prophet has come and that prophet is Jesus. So you can imagine people waiting a thousand years, over a thousand years for the prophet that would come speaking in God's name, that that voice would even be greater than the voice heard recollected and and written down and recorded in the Ten Commandments and everything that we have in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, there's a voice, a person's coming in flesh to be the very voice and representation of God, and that is Jesus. And then there's finally one more reference uh, that I see, and that is right there at the end of Acts 3, where he mentions Abraham and this covenant of blessing given to Abraham. And that is a reference to Genesis 12:3. And listen to these words. God promises Abraham, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So again, the greater point I was making on Sunday, and I just wanted to expand it a little bit. The greater point is all the expectation, all the buildup for this prophet, this servant, this righteous one, this holy one, this one that would bring covenant blessings, this one who would bless not just Abraham's family, but all the families of the earth, that person is Jesus. And that's why in his name, there's so much authority, which is why regularly we gather and we sing and we pray and all this is done in his name. So we'll say, worthy is the lamb who was slain. We will pray in Jesus' name. All these things are to indicate our allegiance to this one that God had promised. Things changed when he came. And the point I was making on Sunday is that we pass from death to life because of Jesus. That has massive implications. They're running all throughout Acts 3. I tried to talk about it on Sunday. There has to be some recognition when Peter leans in and says, you denied this one sent from God. You didn't just deny him. You killed him. You asked for a murder to be delivered to you. You killed the author of life. So it really shows that humans are aligned against God. We're not on his team, naturally. We're against God. And there takes a moment of recognition, like, I've done this. I've crucified Jesus. I've been a part of this whole world system that 
made him go to the cross. Look what I've done. Look what I've become. And Acts 3 talks about turning to God, and you can only turn to him if you've turned from him. And that means you've, you have turned from him, and you need to turn to him. So all these things are, are so, so important for us to grasp. I love how these beginning chapters of Acts, it's laying down foundations of repentance and faith, not just general faith, but specific faith. So I love this miracle, and I love the implications and the explanations of it, and just wanted to share a little bit more about that this week. So thank you for taking some time to listen to this. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to send those to me, chill at ogletown.org. I'm grateful for all those who do listen. And if there's anything that would be helpful for me to cover, I'm always up for that. So thank you again for taking a few moments this week to listen to The Extra Point. Mm-hmm.